Comics in the combat zone Comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh But now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes Hey there everybody and welcome to the brand new pro wrestling podcast Comics in the combat zone I'm Jordan Ducharme And I'm Ben Stead and uh, this is the first episode. Ben, very exciting stuff here. Talking about maybe the most niche, but still worldwide popular, I don't know if that's fair, indie indie wrestling company, CZW. Yeah, I think it's definitely achieved like a weird mythic status, especially <laughs> in like recent recent years, especially as like the, the name has sort of exploded, yet people will be like, yeah, I've never seen a CZW match. But no. yeah, I think people know of it and kind of know a lot they probably know a lot more law than they think they do about czw and then i i think people's general uh, knowledge about czw are viral clips they've seen yeah uh, things like youtube clips like nick mondo going off the roof through the thing i think people know of nick gage obviously yeah yeah uh, uh what's that called beyond the ring uh oh, dark side of the ring dark side yeah of the ring, and then he showed up in aew uh, yeah, and of course, guys like the Necro Butcher from the Wrestler. But CZW, I my, if I was to make a comparison, it's almost like what ECW was to like Jackass, sort of like cool self destruction. CZW yeah. sort of was to like bum fights. <laughs> yeah, or, or it was like this should be illegal. Maybe I don't know if this is like right. They're clearly untrained. Yeah, it's like bum fights if they somehow got the papers to make it legal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean they did release DVDs all the same. Yeah, that mean that means it's legal. Anything on a DVD, <laughs> definitely legal. Well, and we'll get more to that when we actually cover this episode. But uh, I I don't feel we've earned a pre-show banter on a, on a first episode. But what was your pro wrestling sort of experience like level of fandom before? Uh, you know, we started doing this. Um, been a pretty big fan for for like my entire life, really. Um, I mean, when I was younger, it was harder to follow growing up because I didn't have Sky, because Sky TV was like £100 a month. Mm-hmm. And that had all the WWF at the time wrestling on it. But I kind of like bought figures and like knew of the storylines. And then, you know, every now and then I'd sneak a look in a pub at like a Royal Rumble <laughs> at like a weird time. In the UK was wrestling sort of a sort of I want to say frowned upon sort of like negative thing like uh from what I can remember not only as much as uh I th- I think it would be it would have been in Canada or anything like that like it wasn't seen as too bad like it was pushed you know it was advertised and mm-hmm. I think there would be school controversies where it would be like we need to ban the people's elbow because kids are doing the people's elbow to each other right, all but- over the place and you know doing like with their kid brother like doing tombstone <laughs> pile drivers in their bedroom and stuff and the daily mail pick up the one case it went wrong yeah um, but overall i don't think it ever became like a huge moral panic or anything like that it was kind of just like no but i more meant like would kids think it's cool or were kids like you're oh yeah fucking lame for liking wrestling no no big wrestling was huge i think especially because it had that like because it was because it was on Sky and not everyone had access to it. It was like the cool kids like loved wrestling and were able to watch wrestling. Oh, so okay. like uh, you know, I don't think it was ever considered lame, especially not like when I grew up during the Attitude Era. It was still like The Rock is badass and things like that. So I, I'm jealous, man. Because honestly, in Canada, and I don't know if any Canadian listeners will feel this, but like it was really like a you were almost like a closeted wrestling fan. And if you found out someone else was into wrestling, you'd sort of be like, oh, wasn't that fucking cool? But it wasn't like the big public thing where... Yeah. Especially post-Attitude Era. Like, once we got into high school, 
and Austin and Rock were gone. To be fair, I think that was the same. Yeah, post Attitude Era, when like it went a bit PG, like uh, you know, people were still just playing like uh, Bring the Pain and think like Bring. I can't remember the name Here of the game. Here comes the pain. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But I think post Attitude Era, there was definitely a lull. So uh, in popularity. So you've basically been a lifelong fan. Uh, are you still a fan now? You're following AEW. Yeah, I, I got huge. During COVID, I was like, man, I really want to get into wrestling. And my <laughs> friend was like, check out AEW. So I kind of watched all of that, caught up with all that. Um, and then, yeah, since then, just been like a lot more tuned into it and, you know, watched Dark Side of the Ring and, you know, watched a few other things like that, catched up, caught up on some old sort of like pay-per-views that were legendary that I should have watched. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of in... Well, it's for me, I'm a lifelong fan. My dad was a huge pro wrestling fan. Like, some of my earliest memories are my dad and my grandpa drinking together and watching wrestling pay-per-views, and they'd let me and my younger cousin watch or whatever. And I remember... And all, drink, or...? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember on Mum Fateful, uh, one of the pay-per-views, my grandpa was like, you kids should be trying this shit. And, like, fast forward two hours later, and I broke my collarbone, like, doing a bump down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> not, you were the guy in the Daily Mail story, then, that uh, hurt themselves doing wrestling moves. That means it should be banned. Exactly, yeah. And it's funny you bring that up, because when we talk about CZW specifically, like, they were the backyard promotion. So, like, backyard wrestling was sort of the... I almost want to say, like, it, it felt like the, the same place from, like... The same people rallying against Eminem and swear words and, like, Howard Stern and guys like that is the same group that was sort of against backyard wrestling because kids were, like, crippling themselves and stuff. Yeah. Then there was ECW, which was sort of like the, well, fuck it, we're punk rock, we don't care. But then CCW was almost more extreme where they were like, fuck you if you don't like backyard wrestling. Backyard wrestling is the best. And and that was sort of my uh, idea of CCW was like, wow, they even pushed the extreme, most extreme company even more so. Uh, so when did you discover CCW? What was your sort of thoughts about the company when you discovered it? Uh, I mean, I was never like. I mean, I always had a fascination with the with the more violent side and things like that. But I just it was hard, it was so hard to get a hold of in the UK, like especially growing up and things like that. Like there was wrestling on Sky and whatnot, but like watching this sort of stuff was mm-hmm. was difficult. The closest I got was playing the video game Backyard Wrestling on PS2, which was <laughs> not a good game. I forgot um, about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was mostly like internet when you were like a teenager sort of Yeah, yeah, and um and and yeah, going online and things like that and then as the internet got better, you know, you could stream some of that, but it was definitely like it's been a fairly recent thing for me being introduced to it and and looking into it and kind of, you know, reading up on it and uh, watching a lot more of it especially you know doing this podcast and things like that yeah so i mean i think that's a perfect primer uh, that's the level of wrestling fandom we're in I, I was sort of similar with czw i had a big phase with deathmatch wrestling and that like when i found out about the tournament of death which for those of you who are if you're brand new to czw um it's the yearly deathmatch tournament where you'll have to wrestle three deathmatches in a year or in a night sorry if you get to the end it, it's a really like abhorrently violent show yeah, and I don't know why I was just so uh, attracted to that that aspect of wrestling because in my mind I'm like I don't care if you're a lucha fan or a New Japan fan or WWE AEW like I don't like the snobbiness in any direction I don't like when people are like well that's like that shouldn't be yeah. a part of wrestling or whatever it's like really like because I've seen guys dressed as garbage cans I've seen <laughs> yeah. I've seen minotaurs I've seen pretty much everything work. And I just like the wackiness of wrestling. And and to me, this is sort of the extreme part of the violent side of hardcore wrestling. And I was super open to it. I thought it was very interesting. I think as well, it kind of, 
I mean, we all know that wrestling's obviously not real. Sorry, guys, but I think <laughs> what, dare you. what what the hyper violence does almost is like completely destroy that line because, like, regardless of whether the story or whatever, like these guys are actually getting hurt and these guys are actually this is real essentially. Like yeah. this is this is like you know violent, and I think you can kind of connect with that. They're working more. together, but you go call one of these guys a pussy or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of you. It's sort yeah, of that yeah, type of energy, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Where it's like, yeah, he might be a fake wrestler, but he's also a bank robber. He's yeah. Also, like, yeah. These are da- these are still dangerous people doing really fucked up things. That was sort of my view on CCW too. It had this air of realism about it, even though it was clearly fake. And so with that, let's go into CCW opening night, February thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, did did you have any idea that they were like even recording as early as 1999? So this was happening when ECW was still like an active company. No, yeah, that's I mean, and you know the day before Valentine's Day as well. Jeez, like <laughs> what a day to start it. No, I didn't know it'd been going like this long to be honest. But yeah, that was that was you know pretty crazy. Definitely, you know, and at the definitely you can see you know, because this would have been Attitude Era and things like that, like wanting to bank on that, I think, a bit and be like, if you like the blood and violence and that, then we're even more extreme and things like that, a perfect time to kind of go for it. Well, yeah, you can definitely say that's where it came from. I mean, I've got so many things to say about this show and we'll get into it as it goes on. I was surprised there was only one, like, death match per se, one really violent yeah. match, but the rest was sort of played like, it's like an indie wrestling show you'd sort of see. So I was sort of surprised. It took place in the CZW Arena in Mantua, New Jersey. Uh, I'm not sure why specifically it's called the CZW Arena. I don't know who dubbed it that. But I, they've been doing shows there since, you know, the very beginning. So I guess they just dubbed yeah. it that during this. Are you going to stop them calling it the CZW Arena if they all show up and, like, we're calling this the CZW <laughs> Arena, mate? <laughs> yeah. And the show, I will say maybe uh, definitely over, like, two, maybe over 150 people for sure in the crowd. 200, perhaps. Yeah, it looked pretty busy, to be fair. Like, but, you know. Uh, it was a nice atmosphere, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So the show opens with the in-ring commentator just introducing the first wrestler. There's no uh, intro to speak of. There's no commentators throughout this entire show. There's nothing explaining why anyone's fighting. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think what's amazing is that it's filmed like a found footage film. <laughs> like yeah. it feels like, you. yeah, this is like you're watching this and you've got to figure out how all these guys disappeared because yeah, uh, like <laughs> it's just some dude's handheld camera footage just like you can hear him talking and things like you've recorded spider-man at the cinema it's crazy and literally some dude because it's one camera guy with <laughs> yeah. one camcorder he does well to be fair like <laughs> yeah. he keeps it on the action <laughs> but whenever there's a match where they split off into groups you can tell he's just fucked and has to go one way or the other yeah um, and, and it's crazy. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what I expected going into this because it's CZW, a notoriously sort of disorganized clusterfuck of a company putting out their first event on DVD. And to, for clarity, they had done a few events uh, before already. They, they'd done a few in 1998 um, with, geez, I want to say, I had the names here. There was, oh yeah, John Zandig, obviously the owner uh, and founder of CZW. Uh, and he had five of his students. Apparently he was teaching a wrestling course, but I don't know who taught him, or he just one of these guys who's decided I can teach wrestling now. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Rick Blade, TCK, Lobo, Nick Gage, and Justice Payne, uh, along with the trainer John Dahmer. I, I don't know if that's his real name or if he was just being topical, given, <laughs> <laughs> given the Jeffrey Dahmer thing of the 90s. Uh, and those were his five main students. All five of those would have a presence on this show. 
Uh, and you could tell they were like, they thought ECW were pussies. They were like uh, constantly like sort of dragging ECW throughout the show. You're almost like, that's what they're going for. Uh, but no John Zandig to speak of on this show. Uh, are you very familiar with John Zandig? Not overly, no. Uh, man, he is a sight to behold. And I know he goes on to wrestle quite frequently in the company. So maybe we'll just get on to that in a future episode. Yeah. But he is a, a wild man. Um, so yeah, the first match opens with, like the, like I said, the in-ring commentator just brings out the first wrestler, clearly filled on a handheld camera. The ring was sort of like an indie sort of pro wrestling ring, smaller than a your average ring. But didn't look like it was going to fall apart. It looks so no, nice. yeah, it looks. I mean, yeah, when what seemed to go okay. I was half expecting it to like blow up like it did in <laughs> WWE, but for real. But no, it was. Uh, it, it looked pretty solid. And they were sticking with the black and yellow motif from the very beginning. Do you like black and yellow? Is sort of like pro wrestler colors. Yeah, it's, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think. Yeah, I, th- I, they d- I guess they didn't want to go too fancy. I guess they were just like, this is hardcore. Like no no novelties, no gimmick. Like <laughs> let's just get to the damn wrestling. Well, I always wonder if they like they just didn't have enough black tape in the back, and someone's <laughs> like, oh no, use this yellow tape, and then they're like, hey, that looks pretty pretty cool. iconic. Yeah, <laughs> it just stuck forever. Um, so yeah, we, the first match of the night is Quicksilver versus the Sensational One, and uh, you wouldn't have heard of any of these guys before. Quicksilver looks like just incredible. Is so much better looking than this guy in ring. Like he's a poor man's just incredible, who I always thought sort of looked like an indie guy anyway. I I was just amazed. Uh, for me, like the main thing was just they all did just look like they've come off their day jobs. They were just all like <laughs> dudes who were just like this is this is this helps me escape from my life to do this wrestling and things like that. Like they all just looked like dudes, which was uh, was pretty cool and pretty funny. I don't know, just like with with the whole vibe, I was just like, yeah, this I could know these people for sure. Yeah, <laughs> more likely to. They're more likely to be in the audience than be in the ring. Yeah, uh, and but the sensational one, I don't know. Uh, he, he had, uh, with a name like the Sensational One, he seemed charismatic. Uh, he was the champ. He comes in as the CZW Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and just an awful-looking title belt. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's falling apart, like from an 80s boxing sort of arena. It doesn't look... There's nothing CZW about it. That's where all the tape went. That's where the rest of the black tape went, to keep that together. <laughs> it is, though. It's this giant, like, flimsy, almost cardboard-looking title. Yeah. But the sensational one, he looked at least sort of athletic. He had a, a singlet on. He wasn't wearing jeans and a wife beater like Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, I always respect someone who wrestles in jeans. Um, so the match begins with these two guys, and Quicks, uh, it cu- starts with Quicksilver yelling that Sensational One looks like Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> and Sensational One being an African-American gentleman, and Urkel being an African-American guy. Clearly the connection was made. Yeah, and and cra- He even starts trying to start an Urkel chant from the, the crowd. The crowd love it, because like, then throughout the match there is just like people shouting urkel at him and things like that over like and to be fair sensational one is selling this like you've just insulted his mother he's yeah. like flipping out like over the top selling this insult yeah and you can also tell that the i don't know about the majority obviously not the majority a big chunk of this crowd were children like we're under 14 years old yeah i was really surprised by that actually that like <laughs> yeah the the chorus of urkel did sound like children's voices and i was like i suppose I don't know whether they had any verification or anything, but yeah, they were just, they needed a busy show for their first big one. So they were just like, yeah, just bring your kids along like to this. Yeah, they'll chant anything. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm sure that none of them knew who Urkel was, but they were happy to yell it out. They'll know now. They'll be like, I saw Urkel wrestle. <laughs> 
Yeah. And by the, the rest way, of no, life. no guardrail between the crowd and, and the ring, of course. You like, could just go up. No, there was literally the, the seats, like, next to the apron. Well, you want that connect. This is real wrestling. You know, This they want the fans involved. They want you to be connected. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we start getting just basic spots out of these guys. He's clowning the sensational one, then sensational one will go outside and start yelling at the audience. Sort of like basic heat building. And I'm going to use the word indie a lot, but like it really was sort of like an indie-rific match. Like uh, when I used to go to indie shows, it was like a dad on off his day job putting yeah. on slacks or whatever and sort of wrestling. And this just really felt like that. Um, but uh, your sensational one did show athleticism, even like when he was doing leapfrog spots, things like that. You could sort of tell like, okay, I think this guy's worked before. Quicksilver just less and less impressive as this match went on and this was not a long match at all it's just like so unimpressed by this guy and at one point so i was trying to figure out if anyone had uh, acknowledged what the rules are in czw because ecw would famously have every match is hardcore mm. uh why we don't even need a ref other than to call the count or whatever in this one sensational one's losing the match he just hits a blatant nut shot in front of the referee and the ref's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I didn't do anything. And the ref's like, I saw it. And he's like, no, you didn't. And then the match just continues. <laughs> <laughs> and you have no, like, punishment at all. No, like, nothing really. So I'm, I'm still not sure of the rules at this point. I don't think they knew the rules. I think they were they were committed to three count wins the match. But that's about it, really. <laughs> yeah. So I have written here, like, halfway through the match, Quicksilver is clearly gassed. Like, he's so oh, tired. My. And you that, can see him, like, sucking the wind. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's, that is the funniest thing for me, I think, throughout all of it, is, like, all these dudes are just so... Are just almost instantaneously gassed, like, <laughs> the first spot. Like, and the like, pressure of seeing a crowd is just taking it out of them. Yeah, and there'll be one of them who sort of it, it has enough energy, so he'll do most of the work for the spot, and then they'll have a rest, and then the other guy will do most of the work for a spot, and have a, and they'll just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these this dude was like gassed. I I felt exhausted. I felt I'm gassed. Watching him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was right before his big shine spot where he was meant to hit like this springboard uh, clothesline sort of thing, and then he puts him in this terrible submission. Like, you know, like when someone's just letting you put them in a submission, just yeah. laying there, and I don't even know what it looked like. And then after this, out of nowhere, he just hits a um, what would you call it? like a cradle shock or like a Michinoku driver or something. He basically just does this super dangerous looking move on Sensational One, dropping him on his head. And instead, yeah. of, instead of pinning him, does this another convoluted roll-up submission thing and gets the one, two, three at six minutes and 48 seconds for your first match. Winner and new CZW <laughs> Junior Heavyweight Champion. In 1999. Quicksilver. So we have a title change for the, yeah. first, <laughs> yeah. the first match here. It could have just been for the title. Like it's yeah. their first event. You could have like, you know, presented the belt. <laughs> I guess they needed to make it I don't know, seem exciting, like, yeah, exciting, I don't know, but yeah, having it, yeah, it seems quite, like, you should already know all of this stuff before watching our first DVD release, actually. Sort of, like, they're recording for the audience that has probably been at every show. Yeah, exactly. But not explaining it to anyone, like, I'm not sure. It's like the Dark, it's like Dark Souls, isn't it? They expect you to know all of this (laughs) stuff before you get in there. Yeah. And you're just like, this is this is an in-joke for the crowd. And then you're like, this is your first game, mate. Like, <laughs> what do you mean this is an in-joke for the crowd? <laughs> yeah. No one knows who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, this was a, just a nothing, like, indie-rific match all the way around. Afterwards, Quicksilver's celebrating. And, of course, Sensational One can't have that. So he attacks him, hits him with the belt. Then he grabs a microphone, cuts, like, the most average, <laughs> yeah. this town sucks promo. <laughs> yeah. And challenges him to a match next month. He's like, you know what? 
I don't care if you beat me clean in yeah. a six-minute match. We're doing this again next month. Everyone's like, again, hell yeah, again, again, nice one. <laughs> you, you know, they're just cheering because that's the cadence of a promo where you would cheer. Yeah. But he's saying nothing, like, to cheer for. He's like a heel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. And I, I don't mean, I, I should take an interlude here. I'm not doing a CCW podcast to shit on or hate on CCW. I mean, it's clearly a flawed company. But I, I like shitty wrestling like this. But this, for a first outing, was just really bad. (laughs) There's, like, really no redeemable qualities of any of this. So I am just going to say what I feel. And maybe ten episodes from now, it's like, oh, he doesn't hate CZW. Yeah. He loves Urkel. (laughs) Yeah, Urkel is your new heavyweight champion. (laughs) Um, And then it's just an abrupt cut. Uh, You just cut to black, come back, and it's the start of another match. And that would sort of be the pattern throughout the night. There's no, no backstage promos to speak of, no anything like that. Not that I'm complaining, but... It was just match, 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 match. A 90-minute DVD or, or upload on CCWstudios.com. Yeah. Took me about, like, two and a half hours to finish watching. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would just need breaks, man. I'm like, I can't take this. Yeah, I'd need to- yeah, toilet break. Yeah, I know what you mean. So the next night, we have a tag team match, Extreme Fahrenheit. And they never said the names of either of these teams, obviously, because there's no commentary. I found it on cagematch.net which is probably going to be helping this podcast out tremendously as we go along. So Extreme Fahrenheit, Heartbreaker, and Mr. Motion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They look and sound like a team just straight out of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, Uh, definitely. Not to be outdone by the Kingpins with a Z. I love the Kingpins so much. Price and Schaefer are their names. One name title. And they're just... Fat bald dudes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love these guys. Fat bald dudes in bowling shirts. Yeah. And they each come out holding a bowling pin. That's the whole gimmick. Like that's <laughs> that's the that's their only relation to their gimmick is the fact that they have a shirt on that says kingpins. Like they don't do any sort of like bowling moves or anything like that. All it is is that it says kingpins on the back and they they are gassed before they even get to the ring. They like. are so funny. You can tell they've probably been bowling all day and drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Like they come out exhausted. They got a perfect game before this. <laughs> yeah. So they're, 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 they're out of it. already over. Yeah. yeah. And they come out, of course, to the Beastie Boys, by the way. Yeah, I was wondering about the rights for this. Because, like, whether they... Uh, I guess they're selling a DVD and it was a bit murky. But now it's, like, all streaming and the, the copyright music's still all there. And I'm like, fair play, like, just go for it, yeah. I guess. Well, that is true. It's like, the, I mean, ECW was famous for this. Like, Enter Sandman, like, all these songs <laughs> they would just take unabashedly. Yeah. And, and just, it's like, okay, sue us. We're not even a company anymore. But CZW, I mean, yeah, they're still around. This I watched this a week ago. These, yeah. these are all still in there. They need to guitar hero it where it's like, as made famous by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Beastie Boys would love credit for the kingpins and yeah. music. <laughs> but yeah, the Extreme Fahrenheit, they were fine, but nothing to speak of. This is all about the, the bowlers, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, their personality did a lot of carrying for the match because they, they were just like, no, you do the move to me, mate. Like, they were not... They were just yeah. like, you're, I'm not doing anything, man. I've got the kingpin shirt, so you're going to be the one. I'm the big man here. You're the so. jobber. I'm yeah, the bowling I'm guy. Yeah, I'm the bowling guy. Don't you know how the hierarchy works? Uh, and so the match starts with just all four brawling on the outside. And then out of nowhere, someone over the house microphone, I guess the ring announcer, is like, hey, can we get everyone back in the ring now? And then the wrestlers just come back to the <laughs> ring, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, is he also a, a referee? Or like, yeah. what? And again, I'm asking, what are the rules of this company? Like, you just can't be outside that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then, so Extreme Fahrenheit starts doing every tag team move that you've ever seen. Sort of like, like if you've ever played any wrestling video game from the 90s, they're doing all of them in a row. Yeah, when like you'd button mash. The double mash. hip toss, yeah. the like, uh, Irish whip a guy into a clothesline. Yeah. All of it. And, and they start trying to take, this is my one of my favorite parts of this whole fucking show, by the way. They're trying to build to the hot tag because the kingpins take control and they start beating up one of Extreme Fahrenheit. <laughs> and anyone who's ever watched a tag team match knows what the hot tag's all about. You just beat the shit out of a guy, maybe let people think he's going to tag his partner and then pull him back or like yeah. knock the partner off. Or you build tension or you whatever. You cut the ring in half. <laughs> so they've been building this hot tag for maybe five minutes. And then all of a sudden, the guy who's getting beat up it's like he loses focus for a second, and then he rolls out of the ring, and he starts, like, putting his arms up to the crowd, <laughs> and people cheer him. And then he goes to his, fr- his partner's side of the ring, casually rolls into the ring, and just tags his partner like nothing. That I mean, that's next-level thinking. That's a real wrestling mind, I think. Like, we weren't... Because you weren't expecting it. Yeah. We were expecting the hot tag, and we didn't get it. And I was, like, mind-blown. How are the kingpins going to recover from this? <laughs> yeah. But even the partner who gets the tag, he's still in, like, the mindset that I need to do the hot tag. Yeah. So he comes in like a house of fire, and the kingpin guy just clotheslines him <laughs> immediately and cuts off his hot tag. It was just like, this is the worst match I've ever seen. Yeah, and, I mean, when the... Yeah, the kingpins, they do, like, a duo move or whatever. They do, and it's, specifically, the dual people's elbow. And it is the most laboured <laughs> running between the ropes you will ever see. It takes a good... It takes what feels like 10 minutes yeah. for them to like, and I'm like, just do it. Like, you're going to have a heart attack, lads. It, like, made I, the, it made the rocks people's elbow feel like a UFC maneuver. Yeah. Based on how slow and fake <laughs> this was. So just yeah. the two guys, they both do the arm cross thing and then like jog over the guy. Yeah. And Man, the, the difference is they high five above and then drop the elbow together. Yeah. yeah. Famously <laughs> in bowling, you're, you know, working with a partner so anyway. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was labored to say the least. And that all leads us to finally they build another hot tag for like two minutes. The babyface is running wild for like ten seconds, and then he's up on the top rope, and one of the one of the kingpins pushes him off, and his leg gets tied up in the rope, and so the ref loses all focus and goes to untie the guy. And as that's happening, the other kingpin hits a guy with a bowling pin, which I was very happy to see that they did. Use they the finally, pin. yeah, uh, and they get the pin and. To pin this guy, it was like the, the kingpin le- leans down on one knee and puts his hand on him. Yeah. Like he's about to pass out. Like he's finished <laughs> yeah. a football game. I hope they're okay. I hope this wasn't their last wrestling match. I guarantee. And I'm not I'm trying to make this a dark thing right away. I bet half the people we saw on this show are dead. 100%. Man, yeah. I would guess over. If I had to take the over-under, I would guess both kingpins are dead. <laughs> yeah, bowling-related incident. Quicksilver, ha- there's no way he's alive. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a one. There's probably one or two, I'd say, who are still going. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, it, it, oh, man, I just cannot get over how long it took them to jog from each side of the ring. Because it's not even, like you said, it's not a huge ring. And, and the way we're describing this, this might sound like a 20-minute match or whatever. This was a 10-minute <laughs> and 16-second match. Unbelievably long. It felt like yeah. forever. <laughs> um, and then smash cut. You, you uh, Oh, again, this is another moment that I just... It's crazy they left this up there because it would be so easy to cut out. So they cut to the next uh, match, and it starts... It's supposed to be like a song, and it sort of like sounds like you, you're playing someone's voicemail that they got the night before. Of this guy like yelling about oh, something, yeah. and then all of a sudden you can hear the sound guy talking to like the camera guy. And he's like, "That's why I said track three, not track two. 
And then the right track plays and a rap song comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I just that, left that fuck up there for Is that a skit? Yeah, is that a, a early, not 1999, they had skits on rap CDs, didn't they? So maybe they were doing a skit before introducing I it. I think so. Yeah. That, that's completely right. <laughs> yeah. That like 40 second rap skit. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they let it go like 30 seconds before someone realized it wasn't the right song. <laughs> uh, and again, that leads us to match number three. Mr. Meaner versus Rick Blade. Uh, with Lady Blaze. So, yeah, for, yeah. Your first manager here tonight. Mr. Meaner, he, I, I thought it was Quicksilver coming out, but he just changed outfits. Like, he looks so si- similar to Quicksilver. With a lot of these, yeah. Jeans, bald head, wife beater. Uh, it's just a bald dude in jeans. But Rick Blade, he's the first guy, maybe Sensational One had a bit of this, but he's the first guy where I'm like, this guy looks like a pro wrestler, at least, you know. He's a like yeah. young, athletic-looking guy. He's wearing, like, a Double Dragons, like, red gi, uh, which is weird because Lady Blaze wasn't wearing, like, a matching outfit. She was just wearing jeans. And, like, they could only afford one of them to get the outfit. <laughs> they needed to hit that big break before both of them could get the outfit. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, Because I think the first two matches had been not great. But then, yeah, I think, um, yeah, he was definitely felt like a step above. And, you know, to be fair, you know, you kind of like, that was what's interesting for me about this is just spotting the people who maybe still are going or mm-hmm. like had a bit of a career and seeing their early stuff. And yeah, I think this match, there was actually a bit of wrestling in it, to be fair. Well, and I'd actually remembered Rick Blade from the top when I, I'm like, okay, this is one of the five guys that's like, you know, not to misuse the pillars term from AEW. Like, this, this guy's <laughs> meant what, to be like a pillar. Is they're building the comper around this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rick Blade. Come yeah. on, he's a young guy. Looks good. Um, so the match just begins with Mr. Meaner. He keeps like leaving the ring. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to go. And then he'll yell at, a, yell at the audience or whatever. And it's they're, they're trying to do that spot where the guy keeps leaving to talk shit. And then eventually Rick Blade just dives out of the ring at him. Yeah. But because, like I said earlier, there's, like, no room between the crowd and the ring, and there's no guardrail, he has to do this almost, like, flip just immediately over the ring onto him, and, like, in the safest sort of, you know, not going to fall on a kid flip. Yeah, I mean, like like you said earlier, I mean, I was surprised that by this point there hadn't been, like, more violence, I guess. Like, I don't know, maybe coming in with the wrong expectations, but, like, these were not great wrestling matches but they were just like they were just doing moves they weren't getting weapons out or anything like, apart from you know the pin the, the, the bowling iconic pin. bowling pin but you're right i think that was the only weapon or did they use a chair in the first one no there was a low blow yeah i don't i, I yeah i don't think there were any weapons at all up yeah no yeah which three. was quite surprising i guess mm-hmm. especially because i mean this company was always called combat zone wrestling i i don't think they ever were like Let's do an all-deathmatch company all yeah. the time. I mean, that's not even feasible at any point. But I did expect, like, I really thought that was going to be their sort of bread and butter. Like, I expected them to open with, like, a crazy tag thing. I expected, like, a ladder match. I expected really crazy bumps. I guess that's the stuff that kind of explodes in popularity, and then you we need to lean into it. I guess when you're, you're doing your first DVD release, you're like, well, we want to make this as legitimate as possible sorry not to correct you but this is very clearly recorded for vhs <laughs> oh yeah sorry like yeah, on yeah. A single cam yeah yeah you <laughs> yeah. can tell yeah but like you know their first release kind of to sell they were like well we need to make it a bit legitimate it can't just be blood the blood US. fest because yeah. then it's immediately yeah we're kind of in the 
we're bound or whatever. Category. Yeah, you literally yeah. are right next to on the on the shelf in bum fights and the restricted. You get invited onto Doctor Phil and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the meds start uh, he, uh, meaners in control for a while, and then he just starts jawing with Lady Blaze on the outside. And again, in another moment of like, what are the rules here? Lady Blaze like casually gets in the ring, hits a low blow mm. on Mister Meaner, and then hits him with a Hurricane Rana. And the crowd chant more for this than maybe anything else in the show at this point. They loved this chick beating up Mr. Meaner. And it felt like a complete sort of take off Lita. I don't know. I don't even know if she was doing this at this point for the Hardys. But you know how she would come in with the rest back yeah. turn and hit like a Hurricane Rana or something like that? There'll be a lot of that before you kind of like form your identity as like a company or a wrestler, right? Where you're just like, totally. let's just do these things that are... Are popular in other th- in in other things and much like the kingpins with the people's elbow, they're like, one, <laughs> yeah. one day will be just like yeah. the rock. <laughs> yeah, the pin pulls elbow. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, it's the low point. And then since this was in the plain view of the ref, the meaner gets up and he sort of pushes the ref and he's like, "What the fuck, man?" And the ref's like, "You antagonized her," and that was sort of the the description of why that was allowed to happen. Equality, women's rights. And then so meaner gets a chair. Uh, this was the first weapon of this show. Sets it up in the corner, sort of like uh, the way you do in between the ropes. And then his Irish whip is reversed, and he's thrown into the chair. Uh, hits the back. But then Blade goes for this moonsault. And it's one of the ones where it's like, you know when a guy, he goes way too high, but not far out enough? So it's almost like he's going to hit the turnbuckle. Yeah. He does that, and Mr. Meaner has to like hug the ring post, and, and Rick Blade just splats to his death. I was always worried whenever anything involved in climbing up ropes or jumping off ropes was involved yeah, oh, <laughs> or man. chairs or anything like that i was just holding my breath and i was like well they wouldn't still be streaming it if, well, if something they, really bad happened but maybe they would <laughs> <laughs> they completely would. yeah they, they would advertise it <laughs> yeah um and then meaner just uh, gets up hits again a michinoku driver which is like the exact same move that quicksilver hit in two matches earlier and gets the, the clean win a super clean flat win at 737 I was surprised to see Rick Blade lose. I don't know. I did, just because I knew he was a student, I thought they were going to build him a bit. Whereas Mr. Story Meaner building. Was, yeah, you've got to see Is where he got, he goes. Yeah, you got to see. The, I, you know, next month there's that other, there's a title match again. So, you know, you've, you've got, you're building to a better show. You're building to the next show. I am very excited for the next show. <laughs> we will get to that later, but they did set up their uh, main event pretty well. That smash cuts us to the fourth match, Lobo versus Derek Domino. Now, Lobo, not only is he one of Zandig's uh, students, but he's a name I've always heard around death, early deathmatch wrestling. I, I get the feeling this guy's a bit of a crazy person. He was, like, one of the first guys to do, like, uh, you know, like, weed whacker shit or fire and stuff like that. But he looks, and I'm not meaning to be that disrespectful of this, but he looks like a homeless person coming in. <laughs> like, he's got his hair down to his shoulders and, like, a Nirvana shirt. Like, a punk rock sort of heroin yeah. addict vibe to this guy. And he looks small. He looks like maybe five, six, like. But dangerous. What do you think about Lobo? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I know, I, I know what you mean. I don't know. I think, I think a lot of them had that vibe. To be honest, like I was saying, like they do just look like they've come in off their debt. Like they just haven't made any effort to be like, well, this is going out to be sold. Like I'm, I'm just gonna turn up and be me. Yeah, I'm this gonna... guy was smoking weed in his apartment all day. Yeah, and then was like, oh, oh shit, that's tonight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. I'm gonna be late for the show. <laughs> Yeah, and he's fighting Derek Domino, which just sounds like something Vince McMahon would have like farted out on an off day. <laughs> uh, and they're fighting for the CZW Iron Man Championship, which again, no idea what that 
title I, belt is, what it entails, I, if there's I, any rules. Yeah. This was certainly not an Iron Man match, match thank God. Because <laughs> Derek Domino, uh, the closest thing I could think of is like a Braden Walker lookalike. And he starts the match with a promo saying, he's like, anyone who watches wrestling that doesn't happen on a Monday night or ECW knows who I am. Which <laughs> <laughs> is so funny. That's a really good promo, to be fair. That's, you're hitting all those people who know you. <laughs> yeah, those, those people who know you are really going to go for that. They're really going to pop. I've met comedians like that, you know. Like, there's this guy in Vancouver who was like, yeah, the clubs won't hire me to work, but everyone in East Vancouver thinks I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right. Yeah. I guess that means something. Uh, but yeah, so what I loved about this right after, they start doing the match, and Domino, he's, again, the third guy in a row who's just ignoring the match, going to do drawing with the crowd and stuff. This is clearly just how they build heat. And then he goes up to the second rope to, like, uh, put his arms up and get applause. And on his way off the second rope, you can see his knee tweak, like, clearly. And from this, this point on, he's got, like, a slight limp, sort of, and he's just, like, Walking even slower than he was. <laughs> <laughs> he's just big out of shape. Yeah, he's walking guy. like Mr. X from Resident <laughs> Evil 2. And so he rips off Lobo's shirt and starts hitting these hard chops. Uh, but yeah, this is as basic as wrestling gets. Uh, it looked awful. I mean, even for the standard on this show, this was like really bad quality wrestling. At one point, Lobo goes for a spinning heel kick, and you can tell he legitimately kicks Domino in the nose. He's a bust his nose open, and then he even asks, like, are you okay? <laughs> For, like, Domino's just holding his nose. Uh, but Domino at one point hits a superplex, and then he begins showboating right after hitting the superplex, and Lobo rolls him up with your classic schoolboy at 4 minutes, 50 seconds. Winner and new CZW Iron Man champion, Lobo. I really popped for that. I was I really wanted him to win that Iron Man. Yeah. CZW, that was the one I was going, going for. There's nothing like seeing a loudmouth get their come up. Yeah, exactly. 100%. That's what CZW must have been hoping for. They're like, everyone likes a loudmouth <laughs> yeah. getting their come up. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, immediately after Gage and Justice Payne hit the ring, and then they take out Domino and start brawl, like arguing with each other, and then they brawl to the back as like Lobo celebrates. And I don't know if this was meant to be an angle or it was meant to... Again, obviously, Nick Gage and Justice Payne never been introduced to us, the the at-home viewer, and I'm assuming no one at home either, or in the audience. This was just so random. Yeah, I, I mean, because the audio quality is not great as well, you like sometimes can't hear what's going on or what's being said <laughs> or who's like... Yeah, what? and because everyone in in the card looks like your average guy off the streets, you're almost could like, just be yeah, dude from from the crowd just got really annoyed <laughs> and could fuck up Do Domino no problem. Yeah, uh, and then again, smash cut to black. Now this one, this is what you were thinking: the brothers of East LA, a Angel, <laughs> oh, yeah. Angel Vera and Bobby Munez <laughs> versus John Dahmer and Jose Rivera Jr. the the champions. John Dahmer and Rivera walking in as CZW champions because this is, of course, a CZW tag team title match. Um, so the brothers come to the ring with their own rapper. Uh, they like sort of singing their, rapping their entrance tune. Uh, they're rocking like matching flannels and headbands. They look like a poor man's public enemy. Yeah, it's uh, a fair play to them for actually putting the effort into like wear something like, I don't know, just thematic. And, totally. Like, you know, like them and Kingpins really where they're holding up the, the costume game. I love a tag team that, uh, you know, 
it matches the tires. And he's got a wrapper as well. Like, yeah. they definitely paid for that out of pocket. There's no <laughs> way CCW were covering that either. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure it was just a guy they hang out with. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and and they do look like public enemy in every way. They're big, fat, out of shape dudes. <laughs> uh, you can tell they're all personality driven. Uh, and then Jose and Dahmer, they enter separately, which I hate. I need a tag team to come out together dressed as like garbage men or something. And Jose is looking even more so than Rick Blade. He's the closest thing to an actual wrestler on this. this card. Yeah. He's like wearing the full singlet. He looks jacked. Dahmer, he's wearing like this weird shiny leather, like gimp suit sort of thing. Like, like if, yeah. the, if the gimp was a wrestler from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and he just, like, I don't know. I don't know why. For some reason, when I heard John Dahmer, wrestling trainer, I expected like John a big Dahmer. gruff looking guy. And he's almost like a twinkish-looking dude in, like, tight leather. Yeah, at that point, at least wear the Dharma glasses, right? Like, yeah. lean into it if you're going to be... Just come out dressed as Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> with a Bud Light. That's that's what we want, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they enter separately. Uh, Jose begins right away before the match starts. Starts ch- pointing at the Brothers of East L.A. and starts chanting, Taco Bell, Taco oh, Bell. Oh, yeah. And this was, like, the high point for the crowd all night. Like, I'm not even... I, I thought it was sort of weird. I mean, fucking... They, they're two Hispanic guys, so you point and chant Taco Bell. Oh, uh, cool. Ta- yeah, we, uh, there's a theme. It's, it's what you would expect from a CZW. Crowd. In 1999, that stuff, you know, it was a different time. And, to be fair, the only reason I'm giving him a pass is because this was 1999, and I heard much worse chants by this point in my life, like, uh, she's a crack whore... Or, like, other things with words I don't want. I've heard worse characters. I've seen worse characters that were elevated by other wrestling companies. <laughs> so, like, it's wrestling. Like, wrestling's always played on stereotypes and cliches and things like that. So, yeah, I mean... It, I it felt like heat. And the, and it felt like the wrestlers were into it. I yeah, that, yeah. That was the difference I'm making. Like, it... But it really was uncomfortable and, at the same time, sort of weird. Yeah, I mean, there was an... I don't... I guess you're not... I don't know if it's in your notes, but there's a chant later on that made me feel uncomfortable. It was like, oh, this is 1999. Right, yeah, this. We'll, we'll get to that yeah, one for yeah. sure. Because, yeah, this one was like, you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's bad, but what do you expect from... It's childish. Yeah. And it's literally being chanted by children. Like, yeah, yeah, th- true. This is when I really realized, like, wow, this crowd is kid-heavy. Yeah. Because even when the adults were sort of, okay, Taco Bell, we're done, the kids just five minutes into this match are chanting Taco Bell. Or the... Like, be silence and then one of the kids would be like taco bell and then everyone would would go again yeah and i'm sure maybe we would have been distracted by the chant if this match had anything to talk about but it was the again the most slow paced by the number plodding like indie match it was just so brutal i think yeah i think that's why like i'm glad you've taken a lot of notes because just i all i remember is mainly kingpins and just the occasional move because yeah there's just there wasn't much wrestling to speak of in, in most of the matches, I think, right? It's just like a lot of speaking to the crowd and then falling over each other <laughs> for a bit. Yeah, well, and to be fair for context, like, I normally when I watch shows, I'll be playing my Switch or I'll listen to a podcast. Not listen to a podcast when I'm watching shit, but I'm never, I'm very rarely 100% tuned into what I'm watching or playing or listening to. But <laughs> for the purpose of this podcast, I feel like if I'm going to deliver a real review on what I saw... I need to close everything out and just actually yeah. pay attention. And that's why I'm so, you know, animated about how bad this was. Because it was so long. This is so fucking long, man. These matches. It, you can't believe how long nine minutes can feel until you're watching a CZW. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean... Indie match. Yeah, I've been 
bombing on stage and those are a long five minutes so this <laughs> felt like a real long nine minutes yeah these guys were bombing in ring for 903 um and, and it just it's so the slower slowest most boring offense to build to what i called a cold tag here that's me being clever you know? <laughs> um the la bros just start hitting with chairs hitting the the other guys with chairs outside no punishment at all the referee doesn't care uh, the hot tag never comes, and the LA Bros just hit John Dahmer with a move, and the camera missed the move. There was like one of the guys was fighting uh, Jose outside, and the camera was on them, and it was in the crowd, and the crowd was so dark you couldn't see what was happening. And then you hear the bell ring, and the camera turns, and the finish happened. Yeah, that's that. The cameraman did let us down there. Like he's <laughs> he's had a stellar show so far, but I think at some points like. The, weapons or using chairs and stuff i think for wrestlers can they make think it's a cheat code to make a match exciting but if you just yeah <clears throat> like but if someone's just getting belted by a chair like yeah it's cool the first time but then you're just like okay do like something else please or just totally. yeah i i wanted to see it a bit more and i mean i don't know it's hard to be too down on it because of the context and all that, but yeah, it was just quite boring. Well, I, I have written here, it's easily the worst ma- match on a pretty awful card. <laughs> yeah. So even given the standards that we've been treated to up to this point, this was like a notch below. This was like a really, really bad match. Especially considering they had a rapper introduce them, which felt like I was in for something good. Yeah. He should have turned on them. The rapper, once you realize you're bad wrestlers, just turn on them. Yeah, ex- yeah true. Um, so afterwards, Jose is canceling, Dom- consoles Dahmer, sort of. Because Dahmer got busted open during all this, by the way. He's bleeding, but you don't know why or where it came from. And then, of course, Dahmer turns on Jose in a super anticlimactic affair. Uh, and you can hear someone in the audience say, we saw that coming. <laughs> just walking out of the ring. There's just nothing. There's nothing tag team is over now. Who gives a fuck? Uh, but I will tell you something I do give a fuck about. Because we cut to our main event, where there are no rules... That's where they, the ring announcer makes a point to say that, which I guess means there were rules. <laughs> yeah, <earlier>. yeah. <laughs> there have been some rules, but now there's no rules. So this is uh, a cage match on net called it a four corners of pain, uh, which is an elimination four-way match. I had no idea this was an elimination until we were watching it. No, yeah. So when the first pin came, I just thought the match was over, and then they were like, he's eliminated. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. I thought it was weird, because yeah, I'd seen that there was four in it, and then... For a while, it's not all four, and I was like, oh, okay, this is odd. Yeah, just bizarre. Yeah. Um, so they start doing the entrances. Nick Gage comes out first, and he pulls out a microphone, and in a prophetic moment declares that he's going to be the future hardcore legend and the future of hardcore wrestling. I'm sure at the time, anyone who knew anything was like, shut the fuck up, you yeah. moron. This has been an awful show so far. But in hindsight, it's like, he sort of did it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, fair play. I mean... It- if there's anything that's said about Nick Cage is when he says something, he's going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's, I'm going to go to jail. And I'm, I'm actually very excited for the long-term thing of this podcast because we are going to see Nick Cage's entire run up until he like goes to prison or whatever. And you're going to see a man who, right here, Nick Cage looks like an indie wrestler. He looks like a guy who's been training. He's svelte. He's fucking Yeah, because I didn't really he's recognize got, him. I, yeah. That, that, I didn't, I didn't. I guess that's obviously with camera quality, but I was like trying to be like, is that Nick? Is that Nick Gay? Which one? Which one is he? Yeah. So I, I'm. I mean, that's was my entryway into being interested in CCW as Nick Gage. So I'm excited to see 
you know him develop and and see the entire career I guess throughout through this because he left everything in the ring like and always does totally well and you can tell he respects pro wrestling like clearly a cut above uh, like as far as an in-ring wrestler I think and charisma as well from everyone on this whole show him yeah. and, and his brother Justice Payne yeah. were like really yeah. knew what they were doing uh, as compared to indie guys who I mean like have maybe had five matches or whatever yeah it's not like high high praise but it, it was clear they were taking it serious um, then they do an intro on Atticus Payne, who I was like, who the fuck's Atticus Payne? But then he doesn't show up. They're sort of doing the classic, like, cameras on the ramp, and no one comes out. And instead, Derek Domino comes out. I guess this guy, this terrible wrestler who tweaked his knee, is <laughs> doing double duty tonight. And you're like, all right, why would we have the guy that lost in the main event? But whatever. And the entire time he's coming out, he takes a mic, and him and Nick Gage are jawing. But the entire time, the lights are flickering on and off because they're doing that thing of, like, a wrestler entering. Yeah. So it's just this awkward, like, you know, epileptic sort of moment in the ring as they're trying to have a promo off. <laughs> it's just, like, no one cued in the light guy. Cued a TC, TCK, who I don't know anything about, uh, other than he was one of the original guys trained with Zandig as well. One of the pillars. One of the pillars, of short, for sure. <laughs> Enters to Eminem. Uh, and he looks like Eminem with brunette hair, so it sort of fit. Uh, and I mean, this is again 1999. Eminem's probably at the peak, so they're just fully copyright yeah. infringing. And he comes out with a barbed wire bat, which I was at least like, All right, hell there yeah, you go. They, they, yeah, but yeah. This is it. Now this is wrestling. Because even up to this point, we'd seen some weapons, but it was all chairs. Uh, not much blood or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, like Dahmer bled a bit, but not, yeah. no blade jobs for yeah. sure. Um, and then finally, Justice Payne outlasts. You can tell they're trying to make this guy like the franchise player. Just the way they put, they put him last, they, the way they talk about him, sort of revere him. It, it feels like he's meant to be the big deal. Uh, but then at the same time, they botch his entrance because the wrestlers had already started brawling in the ring. Yeah. So you couldn't see him actually come out. And then at one point, he's just in the ring fighting. And you're like, wait, is that Justice Payne? Like, it didn't. Again, they they didn't have this in mind where someone might not know what's going on. Yeah, I think yeah, you can tell yeah that it's kind of been built for. I don't know. They they were like we're going to release this, but then they just did it like it was just a show where, for the audience. It wasn't to be released after. So there <laughs> yeah. was just things that that you probably learn and and like from a first show perspective, kind of makes sense of mistakes that have been made. That's why I'm very curious as to, you know, when we do our episode next week, like what's that going to look like? Yeah. What kind of fuck-ups are there going to be? And what are they going to acknowledge and like fix as well? Um, But so the thing we talked about off the top happens, immediately the two pairs split up and start brawling in separate parts of the arena. So the camera guy just sticks with Gage. (laughs) He's a big man. Well, I guess I can't cover the other guys. Uh, Nick Gage takes a headshot with a chair and the camera catches him just like blading on the ground immediately. Yeah, and um, straight in with blood. But the headshot was also like the most violent thing on this entire card up to that point. It was just a straight unprotected shot to his head. And from Derek Domino, who was just whipping chairs at guys at one point. Because uh, right after this, Everton, D- Domino obliterates TCK with a dangerous chair shot. It's almost like he was trying to injure him. Like it was, it looked so dangerous the way he was just swinging this chair at him. Um, and yeah, so you've got you've got Gage bleeding. I think TCK is busted open at this point. Uh, Domino hits Gage with this like wet cardboard thing. It, it was like I don't know if it was meant to look imposing. Yeah, it just like fell apart when he hit him. I think uh, yeah. I mean, I, I maybe they just wanted to save it all for the main event because I think the main event does feel like. I mean, relative to the other matches, like a main event. Like, totally. it, is, it is like, 
actually quite exciting. I did enjoy it and things like that, especially relative to what had come before. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought it's a shame that you couldn't see the whole thing going on because there was some good stuff. <clears throat> I thought some enjoyable like wrestling going on. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, right in the middle of this match, the in-ring announcer picks up a microphone. And he's like, how about this action, guys? What do you say? CZW chant. CZW. CZ. And the crowd just like, what? what?" (laughs) Just the crowd's like not into it at all. Like we're watching a match. Yeah. And and the the guy's trying to get this like inauthentic, unorganic CZW chant going. And it does not have the legs that Taco Bell did, let me tell you. No, yeah. No one went for this. And it was just like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they... There was other stuff chanted was it during this match. Uh, a few, yeah. What, what one are you thinking of? The Well, they started chanting homo. Homo, right. Yeah. I think that was a Dahmer. No, no, that was during this, but I forget who got that. Yeah. I, it, I was just like, I mean, because then, I mean, Taco Bell, the the offense is like implicit, but like this is explicit of just kids <laughs> shouting homo. Like probably yeah. not even knowing what they're shouting, but there's just like a crowd of people shouting it. I'm just like, how, who are they even shouting this at? Like, what? What? Why are they even shouting this? Yeah, They're the ones watching, as the cliche, like just men in shirts, like feeling <laughs> each other up and wrestling each other and stuff like that. Mm. I, I totally forgot where that chant came as well. Yeah, I don't I, even know where I totally it came from. It as well. They go into the crowd, and there's this like area, this balcony thing that they've got set up. You'd see this in ECW sometimes, where it's in like the back corner of the arena. And you can tell as soon as the wrestlers showed up to this show, they're like, someone's going to use it. We're <laughs> yeah. going off that. But because the crowd is so dark, they have no lights back there, you can see the staircase up to the platform, but you can't see the top of the platform or where the guy would be jumping. So I can only tell because of the crowd of uh, like yeah, noises maybe. that Nick Cage does like a dive from the top of the, the balcony onto the guys below. Yeah. But you can't see any of it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it is a shame. I don't know. That's you kind of want to. I mean, maybe it's for the best because I think it would. You, I think I would be wincing a lot if I saw all the someone jumping. Because I already feel weird when people jump off balconies in like shows that cost million billions to put on. Yet alone when this mm-hmm. probably no safety clearance, no fire exits in building, just people jumping off things. I would be like, oh, maybe this is a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. Uh, right after this, Gage gets Domino in the ring, and he slams him in the balls with the barbed wire <laughs> bat, and then pins him while the bat's like still sticking out of his crotch. Uh, so eliminates Domino at 7:02. That's when I thought the match was over. It continues. <laughs> uh, right out, and it's right after the balcony dive. Justice Payne hits TCK with a guitar, like right in the head, and you're like, holy shit! But it looked like there was like. I don't know, powder. They really overdid the powder in the guitar. They want it, yeah, they wanted it to blow up. Yeah, it looked like a light tube bundle. Yeah, yeah. Guitar. Uh, and then I didn't see a pinfall, but I just heard the bell ring. And then the in ring announcer is like, TCK is being eliminated. <laughs> nine, nine minute, 40 seconds. You're like, all right. Yeah. I guess I'll just go along yeah. with this. And so that leaves it down to Gage and Justice Payne, the two brothers. Very cool, I thought. And by the way, R.I.P. Justice Payne, obviously, the guy who Nick Gage shouts out in all yeah. of the intros of his matches to this day. Uh, they start having a match, and you can tell this is like this is like Jeff and Matt Hardy on the on the trampoline where it's like, okay, these guys are actual workers that have done this before. Yeah. Uh, they know all these cool moves and stuff. It, they, it was higher than the standard of the entire night. Uh, then they bring a table into the ring. It leads to a completely clean pile driver from Nick Gage to Payne. 
uh, and Gage uh, loves the pile driver, goes on to do this as a finisher for years afterwards. Uh, but then the referee gets distracted, again, in a match with no rules. <laughs> so who gives a fuck? Why is there a referee there, even? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just there to count the fall, right? And then as the ref is distracted, I forget what from, by the way. It just got distracted. Lobo comes in from behind with a staple gun, and he staple guns Nick Gage three times, uh, and then Payne sort of sees him laying there all, like, stapled and shit, and just pins him at 14.08. Uh, so that's the end of your match. Best match of the night, easily. Yeah, 100%. Like, and not even just, I guess, because it had the violence and all that sort of stuff. I just think the quality of wrestling was way higher than mm-hmm. than anything. You know, it was just, it was like a fun match to watch. Like, for totally. sure, you know, and had charismatic wrestlers and, and things like that. And you can see the early, you know, it's a shame, obviously, what happened to Justice Payne because you can definitely see between him and Nick Gage, they're both like there's something there you know mm-hmm. it's, they're not just these guys who can take a light tube to the head they actually know what they're doing they actually care about the craft yeah um and yeah just a real cut above what had come before um, it, it's like one of those things where like you know every hardcore wrestler would say oh i could go to wwe but i fucking love czw yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're like 90 percent of you are like no you couldn't go to wwe that's why you're here yeah these two are guys i don't know about wwe per se especially in a time where they were more stringent than ever so I'm excited to see where they go from here. But yeah, for sure. Right after the match, Gage gets on the microphone, and he's famous for this. Like, since the very beginning of CCW, he will he will always end the show with the promo, even if it's just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but this one, he was, like, saying, everyone, I want to hear CC fucking W, and gets the chant going. And then he's like, Lobo, you and me, next month in a ladder match. And everyone's like, oh. And he's like, but at the top, we're going to put that staple gun you just used on me. So it's a staple gun on a pole ladder match, essentially. Not on a pole, but, you know, a staple gun ladder match. And uh, I don't know. What do you think of the staple gun as a weapon, by the way? Like, for me, it's so, like, not... Like, light tubes are great because even if they don't hurt, they're so visual that you're like, holy fuck. Staple guns are almost the opposite, where I imagine they hurt like shit and it's not that visually appealing. Like, No, I think it's just... I think it's a weapon that gives a good excuse to, like have a lot of blood coming out and things mm-hmm. like that like you need like you need you need that sort of thing um i don't know if they'll do this next week but i thought what made the staple gun is when guys started stapling like dollar bills to do oh yeah piece of paper yeah because that's funny because well. then you're like well now it works that's yeah not a, that's not a problem now we can't see as well and things <laughs> like that you know it's like a double whammy um but yeah i don't know it's okay i think the thing with staple guns is like i don't know i, I think it does for me it feels quite visceral like, I don't know, just getting, like, a staple in your head, like, feels quite visceral and just, like, that doesn't belong there, that staple. Yeah. <laughs> like, that shouldn't be there. Um, well, that brings us to our end of the show. The show goes off air, air with Nick Gage attacking the ring announcer. And I, knowing Nick <laughs> Gage, I think he, this was totally, like, not discussed beforehand. He was just in the moment and fucking clocked. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the ring announcer announces the show next month, uh, and then a feeble CZW chant can be heard as you call off the air. So that was CZW. What is it called here? I said it off the top. Opening night. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I can't believe simple. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, what was what, your overall rating? I like a rating out of 7 as opposed to 10. It really makes you make a decision there. So if you had to rate this show out of 7, where would you go? And then I'll tell you mine. I mean, probably a 1.5. <laughs> like, I, that, you are really making me use the metrics there, uh, the whole spectrum. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't give it more than that because oh, that 1.5, 
point five belongs to kingpins, and then the one belongs entirely to the main event. So. <laughs> the kingpins get a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad to see what, where they're going to go next, too. By the way, because they must be challenging for the titles soon. I mean, surely. Um, I I overall rating one out of seven on this. I have written here, and this is my fresh thoughts from when watching the show. Atrocious show, front <laughs> to back. Painfully amateur, even for a small indie show. Some of the worst production you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. In any show, I've never <laughs> seen production. If you were to go over the things this this card is missing, you're like commentary, context. There's no context to any no. of these matches. No reason why why are people walking into this company as champions? What do the belts mean? Yeah. What are the rules? It <laughs> is a wild one to have put on as your first thing that you're releasing to the public, sort of like selling and things like that. Like, but I will say, if you want a positive, there's nowhere to go from here but up. So, and that main event is fun and shows, mm. you know, some some springs of of hope. I, I think there's no way the next card can be worse than this card. And that's no, it's always shown improvement, right? And you kind of like go from there, and hopefully, all the wrestlers have rappers introducing them. <laughs> I think that'll be a common thing, probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was CCW opening night. Uh, if you like the podcast, keep on listening. Uh, From Jordan Ducharme and Ben Stead, thank you for listening, and we'll be back at you next week.